Welcome to Celebration Church Online. We are so glad that you've joined us. We want you to share this broadcast with as many people as you can. We believe that it will bless and encourage us all in this season. Remember to continue reaching out to your loved ones. Stay connected with each other, especially with your self-family. The Bible gives us a pattern to look out for one another. Let's speak His word and His strength will carry us through. Good morning. It's so good to be with you on this Sunday all the way from Redding, California. And I'm just excited about what God is doing in this series, in this season, and in this specific time that we have a chance to talk together. When my dad called me up and said, hey, uh, we're doing this series on release, something got really exciting in me because of all the pressure and all the tension that you feel in the world today. It's not just on social media. It's not just in one city. It's in every city. And so when we're thinking about the release of what God is doing, it's, it's like two different worlds clashing. And even as I'm speaking today, I believe that God is going to do something in your family. I believe God is going to do something in your living room, in your office space. And there will be a transformation. There will be something that loosens even as we go into the word together because his word is life. His word is living. And so as we talk about this, I want you to expect something this morning. I want you to expect something whenever you're watching this, that there's going to be a breaking, that there's going to be a loosening, because His Word does that. His Word doesn't, doesn't just go forth. Something unlocks. And one of the things before I start today is my wife made sure that I send all of you her love. Um, her love is really, really strong. And so is my kids. And so she sends her strong love to you. And i, I got to tell you, um, there's not a day that goes by that we don't talk about Zimbabwe. Uh, for those of you in Zimbabwe, there's not a day that goes by that we don't talk about all the different people in the church and, uh, and serve just the people that are serving in all the different ways. Yeah, so, so one of the things that we did recently is just take a family photo. And I want to show you the photo um, of how everyone's growing. And so you can see there, my wife's looking gorgeous as ever. The family is doing really well. One of the things that we do miss is... Not only you, not, not only the church, the family, the, 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 the relationships, but we also miss the piri-piri chicken. Guys, I'm telling you, there is nothing uh, good going on here uh, in terms of piri-piri grilled chicken. It doesn't exist. It doesn't work. Uh, and so we're really having withdrawal symptoms of that. But nonetheless, we'll be back. We will see you shortly. So I want to start off today with Matthew 27. If you can go there, go there real quick. If you're in the living room, just check that someone else is is also going there too. And I believe that what we're talking about is a picture of what's going on in the entire earth. And it's, it happened so many years ago, but this story depicts something that we're seeing in our cities today. So Matthew 27, as Jesus stood in front of the Roman governor, Pilate asked him, so are you really king of the Jews? Like, are you really who you say you are? Jesus answered, you have spoken it. Then he was slandered and accused by the chief priests. Pilate said to him, don't you hear these allegations? And in John, the book of John, Pilate actually says to him, don't you know that I have the power to release you? Say something. Don't you know that I can release you? And Jesus looks at him and he says, the only power that you have has been given to you by the Father. And so I'm not looking for an immediate release, Pilate. I'm looking for a release that's going to be a lot greater than the one that you could give me. And so he carries on in this conversation and Pilate's confused by Jesus. He's confused by this man who, 
is seemingly righteous, but so many people are after him. So many people are angry at him. So the crowds assembled outside of Pilate's residence. He came to the house of Pilate. This is how mad people were. This is how tense the situation was. And he said, who do you want me to release today? Do you want me to release Barabbas or do you want me to release Jesus? And so there's, this, there's so many conversations around what's happening in terms of tensity. And Jesus says, I'm not about this, this release right here. I'm not about my personal freedom. I'm about setting the entire world free. And so often we can look for this cry of justice from man. And Pilate represents the worldly system saying, don't you know that we could do something? Don't you know that I have something that I could give you? But God's called us to walk in this light, which is a bit different. We're pursuing a release that this world cannot give. Don't you know that I have the power to release you? Jesus says, you might be in authority, but the power of the release is with my releaser. The power of my release is with my releaser. I look to my releaser and I don't look for the things of man to get me to the place that I know God wants to get me to. He's not there to free himself. He's there to free humanity. And he says, well, who should I release? Pilate says, who should I release? The person who is a murderer? He's notorious. This is a famous, famous like heathen. Someone who should be in, you know, Chickaruby. Someone who should be, and, and it's like, this is the guy who we want to release back to the community. And here's the interesting thing about the crowd. And today we see a lot of crowds gathering and not gathering. And this crowd is a turning crowd, is what I like to call a turning crowd. They turn on any moment's notice. They turn on any conversation that's had. And there's often not a lot of facts that depict their actions. There's just a lot of emotion. And so we're living in a world of emotional hype. And if you can picture this scenario, they're crowded around Pilate's house, right? And they're standing there pretty angry. And if it was a place like today, there'd probably be tear gas in the roads. If it was, it was a modern day, they'd probably be sending out memes and tweets about what was happening. They might be having placards with face masks and saying, we want freedom. Now, again, what you have to understand about this crowd, and I've been part of the crowd. I think we've all been part of the crowd before. This crowd is not letting truth ride them. This, this crowd is not letting truth guide them. This crowd is letting emotions take over. So much fact that people are standing there. And a few days before, they were giving Jesus this triumphant, glorious entry as he's on this donkey and they're putting their coats on the floor. And you can imagine the conversations of people standing there looking at this anger against Jesus, looking at these two people and they're saying, yeah, let's choose the murderer. And someone's saying, hey, why are you, why are you here? You've ever met someone in a crowd and, and people start talking and it's like, hey, we're here together. Like we haven't seen each other in a long time. So these guys are hanging out together and you can, you can picture two people in the crowd saying, what, why are you here? Weren't, weren't you also there when we were celebrating this man called Jesus? Why, why are you here now? Like, I'm just interested. And you can picture the conversation going, well, you know, I, I was there and I think that was a good time, you know, but actually he's really bad for our community. He's really bad for our society. And the guy's saying, well, why do you think so? I mean, I know I've seen all the memes. I've seen all the, um, all the, all the, all the ruckus around this. I've seen the hashtags. Why, why do you think he's bad? Well, you know, I, I don't know, man. Like, he just, he just is bad. Like he just, why should we crucify him? Well, we should just crucify him. And so this crowd depicts this tension. And another thing about this crowd that we need to point out is the fact that 
This is a crowd that has been suppressed. They've been the underdog. And so they don't possibly don't even know why there's so much frustration. And I was speaking to a few scholars of the Bible, and, and, and a lot of these guys have been paid off. So they've been given money to protest. They've been given money to actually rile up in arms against Jesus in this situation. And so this doesn't make sense. And so often when we're looking at a situation that doesn't make sense, we know that God is positioning something for a release. Because your greatest point of tension is the greatest area of release. The greatest point of, of, of tensity is the place where God wants to give us the greatest release. And so, again, picture this crowd, right? They, they, they are choosing a murderer over someone who brought healing and blessing and peace to cities. They're choosing someone who's notorious for disrupting community and they're wanting to crucify someone who healed people. I think we've got to ask ourselves, this doesn't make sense. And today we look around and there's a lot of conversation around this doesn't make sense because it really doesn't. If you think about this from a fact perspective, a lot of the conversations, a lot of the emotions, if you get down to it, a lot of it doesn't make sense. So what, what is this pressure point of release? How do we see this happening? And Jesus says, I've got a release that man cannot give. These are an unforgiven people. There are people that had to work for their forgiveness. And this crowd is still trying to figure out why they're there, but they just know they want this man out. You see, I said it, but where we have the most painful places of tension is where we are poised for the greatest release. You know, I used to do CrossFit, and some of you know that I really like to keep fit and healthy. And, uh, and I used to do CrossFit, and there was this one time and that I was doing these cleans, which is where you pick up the bar and you pull it up and you lift it over your head. And, you know, when you're in CrossFit, there's this competitive thing that happens. And so I looked over on my right and I saw this young, young guy, you know, doing like double the weight that I was doing. And so I felt like I had to put more weight on. And when I did, I pulled a slip disc in my neck. Actually, a disc went out of place. And I remember the next morning I woke up and my arm felt like it was on fire. It felt like I literally put my arm in a fire pit. And it, it, was, it was one of the most dismantling feelings that I, that I had. And I went to the doctor and a few doctors. And one of the things they said was, you know, you might have to fuse the disc together. It's actually really, really intense. And so I didn't want to listen to the doctors. I was like, that's not, that's not going to be my story. You know that. Someone tells you something and it's like, that's, that's not my story. That's not how this thing pans out. And so I, 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 I tried to ignore it at first. And I remember going with my family. We were traveling and we were in the Orotumbo airport. And we were just traveling on vacation somewhere. And I remember we had like all my kids with me. We had probably five suitcases. And my arm was so messed up. The muscles were so tense. I couldn't grab any of the suitcases. And so we had three kids and my wife is pregnant. She's like on month seven. And so she's huge, right? She doesn't mind me saying that, but she, she was huge. And so she's walking around and, and, and I'm trying to like tell people why I'm not carrying all the suitcases. She's walking, I'm like, hey, um, just, you, you know, but you can't tell everyone. And so you look like this really crazy dad and husband who's walking nicely and, and my wife's carrying all the suitcases and I basically can't pick up anything. But I'm just ignoring the fact that my muscles are so tense. And at first, I started to ignore it. 
And then I started to get a little bit fearful, right? The place of tensity started to make me afraid. What, what if I never got function back in my arm? Like I had to, everything I had to do, I had to, I had to like put my arm up on a ledge. I had to almost sometimes carry my arm to another place. And I started getting fearful. What happens if, if, if this is never the same again? And then I started getting angry. I was angry at the fact that I let competition drive me to lifting something that I shouldn't. I started getting angry at the weight. You know, like what, what, what brand of weight was that? Like I want to boycott that weight. I started getting really mad at the people who, who put on the CrossFit. Like why would you put on CrossFit? Like who, who made CrossFit? And you start, it doesn't make sense, but you start getting angry. You go from fear to frustration to anger to, um, to, to all these sorts of judgments. And, and I was like, okay, I can't, I can't ignore this any longer. I can't be angry any longer. I can't be fearful any longer. And so I went to this doctor who was recommended by someone who was a specialist. And I went in there and they said, listen, um, what we're going to do is we're going to try to go right to the pressure point and we're going to release the pressure point. And I was like, yeah, but if you touch it, it hurts. If you touch that place in my neck, it's, it hurts even in my arm. And she said, yeah, but unless we touch it, we're not going to be able to loosen the muscles. And so she touched it and she, 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 uh, the doctor actually worked on this muscle in my neck. And all of a sudden it started to, 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 to this tension started to spread. It started to get loose. And all these other things of other people saying this is what you should do. And those things started to become erased. And I could start getting my function back in my arm. And, and, and before when I was walking like this and just trying to make sure that I, 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 I didn't pull it out any, 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 any more, that's, I was just really working. My whole life was around making sure I didn't hurt. All of a sudden, I could start getting the strength back in my arm again. And went back to the doctor again. She did the same thing. Went back to the doctor again. She did the same thing. And she worked right at the point of tension. And so easy. It's, it's easy for us. To say, I don't want to go to a doctor. It's easy for us to say, I don't want to mess with that. I don't know about you, but I've ignored so many things in my life where there's been tension. So many places in my life where there's been relational tension. So many places in my life where there's been brokenness or there's been betrayal. And you look at it and you can say, well, at some point that's just going to go away. But one of the things we have to do is go back to the releaser. Go back to the person who knows where to go in the pressure point. Not ignore it, but go straight to the pressure point. And our pressure point, the person that, that releases that is Jesus. And I want you to read about John's description about who Jesus is. 1 John 1 verse 7. It says, you never see a trace of darkness in him. He is only light. If we keep getting back into the light, we share an unbroken fellowship with one another. If we keep getting back into the light, we share unbroken fellowship with one another. But you may say, Tommy, you know, it's Monday and I know tomorrow, this is nice sitting, listening to worship and listening to word. But I know tomorrow, Monday, I'm going to get a flood of text messages. I'm going to get a ton of news that says this is frustrating. And I'm going to get just that look from my wife. I'm going to get that, that, that desire from my kids that I can't meet. And I'm going to step out of the light. I'm going, to, I'm going to intentionally walk into darkness and say, this is done. But here, this description that John tells this, this, this group of people that he's dealing with, he says, step back into the light. Come back into the light. It's not about how many times you get out. It's about how many times you get back in. And so 
so, so this light that we come back into, and I, I, I remember this, um, uh, one of the things that I do with my kids right now is after we have dinner, we sit on the piano and we just start worshiping and singing. And whatever comes to our hearts. And so some, some weird songs come out of this, but some good stuff comes. And I'll, I'll play on the piano and my kids will start just praising and spinning, right? And so when you spin for so long, you get really dizzy. And so Noah, uh, my girl who's, who's three, she was spinning and spinning and spinning. And she's a great praiser. She's a great worshiper, similar to Pastor Bonnie. And she's just worshiping, worshiping, worshiping. And she loses her foot and she hits her head um, on the side of the piano, and she comes back out, she's crying and she's screaming and you're like, oh no, like this is supposed to be a worshipful time, this is supposed to be a time of peace, this is supposed to be a time where we're joyful as a family and she's got this gash on her head and she's crying and she runs into the kitchen and I'm like, ah, I'm just going to keep on worshipping, Rach was with her and, and then like literally 10 seconds later, Noah comes running back out behind the kitchen, back into the living room and she's got an ice pack on her head. And she just puts up her hands and she starts praising again. And she's got this ice pack and she's like, I'm not going to let this gash in my head get me down. I'm going to step back into the light. I'm going to step back into this place that is, uh, that is my place where I know that I can be set free. And so I think so many of us uh, might be hurt in church, might be hurt in, uh, in relationship, might be hurt in business. But God's like, man, go into the kitchen, grab an ice pack. Make sure there's something on that pressure point, but keep worshiping, keep stepping into the light. And so I learned a lot from my daughter, Noah. And um, so, so, so finally, so Jesus, let's go to Luke 23, because there's this crowd, right? Jesus says, my release is coming, coming from someone else. I'm not looking at man to release me. And Jesus' silence in that moment wasn't, wasn't, wasn't about all of us being silent. I think, I think there are people in places that need to speak. People that are in places that need to speak to leaders. But in this instance, Jesus is letting the authority know, my release is not coming from you. So we can turn quickly. I want to see how the story ends. And I feel like this is for someone. Luke 23 verse 34. And when you're there, just make sure the person next to you and the other, other people in your, your room are looking um, at the same Bible. And it says, so Jesus carries his cross to Golgotha. And, and he gets put up and we've, we've, we've seen the movie if you haven't watched it. Um, and he gets nailed to this cross and it says, while they're nailing Jesus to the cross, he prayed over and over, over and over, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. He prayed over and over, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. This great crowd came and watched what was happening. And the religious sneezes sneered at this man and mocked him. And they said, look at this man. He pretended to save others, but he can't even save himself. And yet Jesus was in this process of saving the entire planet. He was in the process of saving humanity. And so you've got, you've got, um, you've got him saying this again, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. And in this moment, in this series, Jesus is releasing something way beyond anything that humanity's ever experienced before. He was releasing the power of forgiveness and the power of the blood. And he, he says, the, and the earth shook and there was tension and, 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 and loosened the accuser. You see, because the accuser can only accuse, right? The accuser in Revelation 12 
talks about the accuser of the brethren. He can only accuse when the blood of the lamb is not shed. He can only accuse in the place that we haven't given access to what Jesus paid for. He can only accuse us when we haven't given those places in our hearts access to the blood. And so Jesus is releasing two things here. He's releasing his blood, which is salvation. And then he's releasing the forgiveness that comes with that. He's releasing the testimony over people. Father, forgive them. I'm releasing my word over every person who has wrongfully, uh, who, who, who really just can't enter into grace without, without the sacrifice. And he speaks the promise statement, forgive them for they don't know what they do. What must be released, what, what is being released to us on the cross must be released through us. And so he's giving something to us. He's giving us this place. And if, if you can look at your life and you look at the places of tension, the blood can only access those places that we give, that we, that, that we give to the, to, to the releaser. The blood can only access the places that we, that we let go of. And so I want to encourage those of you who are watching today, there may be places in your life where you feel like you're the crowd. You're holding on to judgment. You're holding on to resentment. You're holding on to these places where you feel broken. And Jesus is saying, he told Pilate, he says, I, I am not looking for a release from you. I'm looking for a release from my father. And I'm going to give a release to humanity. In the same way, Jesus looks at us and he says, I'm releasing my blood over your life. I'm releasing my blood to wash away your sins. But I'm also releasing the forgiveness that comes with that. And so when we have these places in our lives that we haven't given the blood access to, these places of bitterness, these dark corners of our heart, the accuser runs rampant. And the accuser is the same as the deceiver. And so I, I, I firmly believe that one of the greatest awakenings, one of the greatest points of release in our time, we're on the precipice of it. And where there's so much division, where there's so much cause of tension, where there's so many um, opinions and there's so much content that's causing division amongst hearts of men and, and the saints, I feel like God is bringing a unity and that unity and that revival is going to start with forgiveness. That unity and revival is going to start when we, when we don't just accept what Jesus did for us. We don't just let it come to us. We let it come through us. Because the release is not supposed to stop with you and me. The release is supposed to go through us to people. And so where are there other people that you know need to be released? Where are there people in your life that you know uh, they, they need to have access in certain areas? And, and, and that's, that, that's one way that we're supposed to live out what was given to us. You see, we are conduits. God released his son and he released the blood of his lamb. He released the forgiveness. He released the power of his presence. He forgave the world and he hurled down the accuser. Many of us are dealing with the accuser. Many of us have these accusation thoughts. Many of us are, are, are receiving. That, that's what's being released to us is these accusation words. And so many of us are also letting that come through us. And so we're accusing as well. I believe God wants to put a stop to that in your life. I believe God is going to put a stop to that of things coming at you. And there's going to be a new release. And it's the power of his presence that will be released to you and through you in Jesus' name. The accuser and the fear speaks at the same time. But I look to my releaser to defeat my accuser. If you are feeling like there's accusation, look to the releaser. Look to your releaser. 
which is the Father. Look to your releaser, which is the presence of what happened on the cross that released us from the bondage of pain and destruction, from the bondage of confusion, from the bondage of truth being called a lie and lie being called the truth, from the bondage of feeling like you've been wrapped up and in, 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 in starting to go for the murderer. But why would you do that? God is putting a silence to the confusion. I believe God is putting a silence to the mixed messaging. And as we talked about and as we're hearing again and again is that there is a, there is a time coming where there's going to be so many so many things that become clear. The lines are going to be clear. Jesus released his life to us so that we could walk free. He released it to us so it could go through us. What was crushed, what looked very tense, was crushed and, 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 and it was broken to the point where it brought a release. The greatest place of tension in your life needs to be pressed into. It needs to be pressed into with the releaser. And I want to encourage you today, if there's something happening in the family, go to it. If there's, if there's a place that's out of, um, out of sorts, make sure that there's pressure putting onto it. Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. But what we don't want to do is, number one, ignore it. Ignore a relationship break. Ignore uh, bitterness. Ignore frustration. Ignore anger. We don't want to ignore it. We want to press into it. We don't want to be fearful of it either. We don't want to stop blaming things. What we want to do is go right to where the pressure is and say, God, I give you access to my point of pressure. I give you access to my point where it feels like this can't get any worse because I know the release that I'm going for cannot be given to me by the authority of man. It has to be given to us collectively from the flow of the Holy Spirit. It has to be given to us from what Jesus did on the cross. It has to be given to us through forgiveness. Angie Murray said that revival starts when there's an increased level of forgiveness in the church, forgiveness and repentance. And so I want to challenge you today. Who is it that you need to forgive? Where are the areas in your life that you need to open up and say, I need this forgiven in my life. I'm not perfect. I need to give God access to this place in my life. I've been holding on it too long. I believe that God is doing something incredible in Zimbabwe, around the world, wherever you're seated, whatever your Monday holds, God is doing something and releasing something to you so that it can go through you. I was driving between Sacramento and Redding, California. It's about a two, two and a half hour distance. And I was praying for Zimbabwe. <clears throat> and I looked up on my right hand side. And as I was driving, I looked up on my right hand side. And on the back of this big trailer truck, I saw a 1970s Jeep that had the Zimbabwe, um, the Zimbabwe emblem on the crest of arms, the coat of arms on the side of this Jeep. And I'm praying and I'm like, God, what is going on? And so you don't see that in California. Like this doesn't even happen. And so I'm driving and I see, I see the, uh, the sables on the side and I'm like, that's my country. And so I, I were going like 120 kilometers an hour and I'm on the road and I flag the guy down who's driving the car and I say, and I'm like, excuse me. I'm like shouting, like, you don't do that on the highway. And he looks at me and he's like trying to ignore me because I'm some crazy guy. And he's like, don't, don't talk to me. And I, I, I kept at it for about two minutes. Finally, he rolls the window down and I'm shouting, I'm like, that's my country. Like, that's my country. And he's like, what? I'm like, that's my country. And he's like, ah, I don't even know what you're saying. And I said, how far are you going? He told me he was going to where I was going. And so I said, that's great. And I pulled up behind him. And it was just an incredible sign. Like, God's doing something incredible 
in Zimbabwe. He's reminding us of the core on the nation. He's reminding us of the core in your city where you're called to. And so I follow this guy for another 20, 30 minutes. I stop and I walk up to the side of the car. First of all, he thinks I'm crazy. Doesn't realize that I'm from Zim. I look at the side of the coat of arms and it says, it says, unity, freedom, work. And I feel like at that moment, God said to me, I'm doing a uniting in my people so that we can be truly free in a way we never had before, so that the work of our hands will be blessed. I don't think that's just for Zim. I think, it's, I think it's is for Zim, but I think it's for wherever you are. I think it's actually for the body of Christ as a whole. And one of the things that we have to do in order to be fully united is to remove the barriers of unity. We have to remove the barriers. It's a heart issue, not a projective issue. And so in this time, I believe God's going to do something really incredible when it comes to releasing forgiveness through His body so that we see those things come together, so that the work of our hands will be blessed. We can't have a body that doesn't have forgiveness. We, we can't have a body that is, is, is struggling with division in our hearts. And so I just, I want to I wanna challenge and encourage you. We are set for something so incredible and it's just a privilege to be part of it. Um, and so even as we pray today, Lord, I just thank you for everyone watching today, I thank you that these, these places in our life where we are giving you access, God, we speak this as a word of promise. The places that we've let fear or anger fill our lips in our profession or, or, or the way that we profess, God, I thank you that we are shifting into a place where we are saying your promises, where we are standing with your presence, where we're standing with your release, and we release those words as you said over and over again, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. God, you release that to us. May we release, may, may it be released through us in Jesus' name. I thank you for peace in every home. Father, we would see your fingerprints on this week coming up, on this month, and at this end of the year, there would be so many testimonies of your greatness and your goodness and how you're using your body to influence culture around the world. God bless you. Thank you so much. It's, it's an honor and a privilege, and I look forward to being with you shortly in Zimbabwe. And until then, so much love from us. God bless. Thank you for joining us online. We hope and trust that you've been blessed by this service. Stay connected with us through our social media platforms, Facebook and WhatsApp. As we go, stay safe, stay blessed, stay connected.